Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. to see everybody today. We have baptisms next week here at Foundation Church, um, which we are very, very excited about, as you can tell from the silence that's here. Um, But um, we really are excited about it. And if you've been thinking about getting baptized, can I encourage you, sign up online, foundationschurch.tv. We'll get you signed up, um, and we will get you just signed up. Because a lot of us, we've been thinking about it. We've been putting it off. um, And I would just tell you, I can't think of a better way to start your year then starting it, taking that next step, because all of us have next steps. And so, man, if your life has changed or you've just been putting, getting off baptized, it's a crucial step in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And we want to help you in that step. So sign up. We'll get you going next week. And you can take the plunge during our baptism service. And it's an awesome, awesome day. Awesome moment for you and your friends and your family. Um, I'm going to warn you, we have a new mic today. I'm not going to bust out in a song like Garth Brooks today. Um, We are So we're kind of toying with the sound and everything else. So uh, bear with us. We are getting things worked out because I can't do a handheld any longer. I can't. I like talking with my hands too much. So um, next week, I'm going to be talking about fighting dirty. Um, and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, some, if you get in a fight with me, if we're actually like really wrestling, to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight dirty. I'm going to find a weakness and I'm going to exploit it as your pastor. Um, so I'm just letting you know, if you ever want to wrestle, uh, I, it depends on your size, first off. Um, it's going to be awesome. Uh, honest, I'm not going to wrestle with Chad Craig, but... Um, I will wrestle, but I, I, I play dirty and cheap. I, I play to win. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that next week. So, um, but today I want to talk to you about voices, the voices in your head, the voices that you hear talking to you and the voices that you can sometimes audibly hear. And some of you are like this, it, you talked about it getting weird. Um, now it just got weird. And so I, I want to start off um, from mentalhealth.org. It said this, it is estimated that between 5 and 28% of any general population hears voices that other people do not. 5 to 20, 28%. Now, I want you to think about We're not talking about like somebody's in the back going, Justin. We're talking like audible voices people hear. That's a bit creepy, right? Like some of you are like, I don't see what this scary thing is this morning. I'm out here. Um, but, but here, today I'm not talking so much about audible voices. I'm talking about voices you have heard in your brain, in your spirit that just keep replaying over and over and over and over. Because all of us 
have had voices and have voices that want to speak into our lives. They want to speak into our spirit. And uh, for a perfect example, some of you remember the names you were called growing up. You remember a nickname you got, and some of you, it was a great nickname. It was a fantastic nickname, like Maverick, right? Like, who doesn't want that name? Like, that's a fantastic name. My nickname growing up was Skeletor, right? That was my football nickname, or Daddy Longlegs, or um, one of my nicknames from my peers was called Dummy. Um, and I, I, I'm telling you, I can remember... All of these nicknames, there's all kinds of nicknames I can give you that I was called at one point in time because voices have effect on our lives, on my life, on your lives. And some of us in this place, we are battling the voices that are screaming and are yelling in our spirit. And we don't know what to do. And we don't know how to battle it. And we don't know how to kind of get over it. And so today, our, 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 our topic, really, our discussion is going to be about how do you deal with the voices that are speaking in your life? And our text is going to be found in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and it says this, so the Philistines and Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. Then Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the force forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor. He carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, whatever that means. Um, and you don't know what it means either. Um, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield, and Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites, why are you all coming out to fight, he called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we'll be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. And check out the response. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply, deeply shaken. Verse 16, for 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. And I, I love that it says strutted, like he knew he was the stuff, right? He knew he was in his head. And some of you, you know what that feels like when you've played different sports, when you're in somebody's head, like you get a little cocky, you get a little arrogant about you, you kind of start getting a little strut about you. Uh, verse 23, as he, we're talking about David, as, as David was was talking with his brothers and with other soldiers, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks, and then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. And as soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant, right? Like, have you seen how jungus this guy is? Have you seen the giant, the men asked? He comes out each day to defy Israel, and the king has offered a huge, huge, huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife. That's all right, because you don't know which daughter you're getting, right? Like, that's Saul's pick. Like, no. Um, but, but here's it is. <laughs> that's horrible, I know. Um, 
and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. Sign me up, right? Like some of you are like, come on, April 15th's coming. Sign me up. So, so there's this huge reward. You get one of the king's daughters and you get this. You, and it doesn't just affect you, it affects your whole family. Your whole family is exempt from paying taxes for the rest of their life to fight this giant. And here's what's amazing about this text. All these trained soldiers, right? You've got the Israelite army, trained soldiers. You've got Saul, who, had, who, who was a trained soldier, who was the man, who was the, the, the king of Israel, right there for 40 days, for 40 nights. Goliath comes out, and it doesn't say he ever fought anybody. The Israelites never saw him in hand-to-hand combat. He just used his voice. For 40 days, for 40 nights, one voice terrorized Israel. For 40 days, for 40 nights, one voice immobilized, demoralized, and kept the Israelite army ineffective and out of action just because it was scared and terrified. And can I tell you, there's a lot of times there are voices, there are things that are going to scare, that are going to try to intimidate, that are going to frighten you. And if you and I aren't careful, it will make us immobile and inactive in engaging in the life that God has called us to, all because of one voice and one sound. Now, I know I don't know if you've ever heard something that scared you. Like, like you never saw it, but you heard it, and there was something that scared you. Well, about 10 years ago, when we moved to Tulsa, I was out of town. My wife is home with our two little daughters, and we're, we're, we're at this rent house in Jinx, and I'm out of town, and Casey calls me, and she's like, Justin, somebody's trying to break into my house. Now, my wife, is, is all, I love my wife. She's fantastic. She is a scaredy cat, and she will tell you that from day one. But what was happening is that something was hitting against the front door. And anytime something scary starts to happen to us, right, it doesn't matter who you are, you start hearing scary music. And your brain goes there, and you're like, the Michael Myers soundtrack should be playing right now from Halloween, because I'm totally freaking out, right? That's, that's what we do. And so this is going on. Something starts hitting the front door and it's boom. And it's boom, boom. Then it pauses and boom, boom, boom. Right? And Casey's thinking, what is it? And she called, I'm like, I can't do nothing. I'm like, oh, I feel helpless. I'm like, call our neighbor. And so she calls Adam Fresno, our neighbor. Our neighbor comes out with his guns and with his dog. And I don't care what man is in that situation. When you got your gun out, you feel like something, right? Like you feel like that. And so you are going like a Navy SEAL around every corner kill shot. Like, and you're not calling it a house. You're like, west side of the premises is secured, right? And you're talking to somebody, but there's nobody to talk to, you know, and you're like, you're going around the corner, south side of the premises is secure. And you're going, and so Adam walked around our house. He's got his dogs. I mean, he's, he's amped up, ready to go, ready to shoot something, somebody, you know, I, I don't know what it was. And he gets there and he sees something that is, boom, hit running into the front door. And he turns around and it's styrofoam. And my wife's like, make sure you tell him it was a scary sound. 
It was a scary sound. Um, but that styrofoam's hitting, boom, 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 boom. And it freaked her out. And can I tell you what is true for Casey is it true for a lot of us. It was true for the Israelite army. It wasn't anything that that styrofoam was doing. It just sounded intimidating. And your enemy just want he goes around like a, it didn't say he was actually a roaring lion. He goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Right? He, he just wants to intimidate you. He just wants his voice to make you inactive, to make you just paralyzed. Because the problem is for a lot of us, it's not that we're doing anything wrong. We're just not doing anything. We're just not attempting to go after the things that God has called us to go after because we're scared. And so here's what I want to tell you. If you and I are going to live this life that God has called us, you've got to stop listening to your styrofoam giants. You do? You got to stop listening to the styrofoam giants. Goliath paralyzed Israel for 40 days, for 40 nights, said what he wanted with all of these manly men there running and terrified and scared to death. I tell you, it reminds me of this, this, me and my buddy were mowing a yard. We mowed yards in high school and, and we're mowing this yard and we're going and we're in the backyard. And usually anytime we went, we made sure there weren't any dogs and we did, we didn't see anything. We're mowing and I don't know what happened, but there was a huge bark, like, roof, roof, and it just started getting closer, and I couldn't see it, but I knew it was coming, and I, we both just dropped our mowers and took off. Like, I'm like, the mower will survive, but I'm getting out of here, and we took off, and we scaled this uh, chain-link fence. Boom, we're out, so it couldn't have been too big, or it's going to get over the chain-link fence, and we turn around. We're out of breath. We're freaked out, and it is a German Shepherd weenie dog. No lie. <laughs> dog has that body of a weenie dog and its head is a German shepherd. And I'm pretty sure it fell over. Like, like, how's that even? Anyways, um, and I, I, this is what I think of the enemy. He's a German shepherd weenie dog, right? He sounds really tough. And when we got over the fence, we we're like, what in the world? You know, I, if I would have known it was that, it would have just kicked in the head, right? And it just would have fallen over and never gotten up like a giraffe, never able to get up. Um, but, you know, it, and here's the deal. The whole army and King Saul were scared of a giant that sounded really scary. And you know what? He even looked really scary. I'll give him that. But there was nothing he had actually done in front of them. Oh, he had a record and he had a past, and we'll get to that, but not in front of them. And you and I, we allow styrofoam giants to hit the door of our life and intimidate us. And I want to give us three styrofoam giants that we really struggle with through life. And the first one is this. The first styrofoam giant that we struggle with is limitations. And usually the limitations aren't limitations that we have. It's other limita others' limitations for you and for me, right? It says this in 1 Samuel 17, verse 32 through 33. David's hearing what's going on. He's, he's heard the, about the, the prize, the, 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 the king's daughter, and the taxes, and seeing the giant, and yelling, and all this stuff. And, and David says this, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. And listen to David, listen to Saul's reply. Like, finally, Saul's got somebody that is willing, right? And Saul says this, don't be ridiculous. 
Like, are you kidding me? That's the dumbest thing I ever heard, right? Saul replied, there's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. People who aren't willing will always try to put a lid on your ability. But listen to me, stop letting other people's limitations and opinions of you stop you. Some of you, you have allowed others' limitations of you to stop you. And others who are willing will simply discourage. And that's exactly what Saul was doing. I've had people, man, people that sometimes will surprise you that should be for you that have, man, been some of the ones that have tried to limit me the most. My first pastor told me I would never make it in ministry. Never, if you can't make it here, Graves, you'll never make it anywhere. Almost all my Bible professors in college told me there's no way I would want my teenager to sit under you as a youth pastor. And there may have been some validity to that, okay? I'm not saying that there shouldn't have been, but they weren't speed. They were just, you'll never make it. I had pastors that said, you'd be lucky if you ran a church of 200 people. That would probably be where you cap off. There's always going to be other people that want to speak limitations into your life life. And the question is, are you listening to the styrofoam giant of limitations? You know what? For some of us, people that we love the most and that love us the most speak limitations into our life. Because can I tell you, at this point in time, Saul loved David. Go back and read your Bible. Go check out 1 Samuel 16. When, Saul, when David's playing the harp for Saul, it says, David, and Saul loved David. So when David shows up, it's not Saul trying to, like, I hate your guts, get out of here, you're stupid. This is out of protection. And sometimes the people that we love the most want to protect us from attempting something great so that we don't hurt a lot, so that we don't fall down on our face and fail. But can I tell you, I'd rather fail than never try. And some of you, you've never tried because you're so scared because other people have been speaking. You got to stop speaking and you got to stop listening to the giant, the styrofoam giant of limitations. The other one is this, is that there is a a giant of limitation of your enemy. Your enemy will always try to remind you of your limitations. 1 Samuel 17, 41 through 44 says this, Goliath walked out towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him. So Goliath finally gets the green button, the green, the, the green light and he's going to fight. And and so everybody's told David, he can't do this. And David, you can't do this. And there's a ton to it. But verse 42, sneering in contempt at this ruddy faced boy, Goliath says, am I a dog? Are you kidding me right now? I've been out here 40 days and 40 nights. And is this the best you got? Am I a dog? He roared at David that you come at me with a stick. And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. This is not cool, Goliath, right? This is just a young kid trying to do his best. Like, why can't you be a gentleman about it, right? And it's amazing to me, so many times we want our enemy to be nice. Well, if I'm nice to the devil, the devil will be nice to me. No, he won't. 
Well, if I'm not much of a threat, who wants that? Man, I want to be a threat. Like when I come, like if I'm in a basketball game or football game, I want to be like, you got to guard that guy because he's going to destroy us. It's not true anymore, but I want it to be true, right? And here it is. We, we say, well, you know, I just, the enemy will always try to call you out of what God is calling you into. He will, oh, and if he can intimidate you from ever attempting, he's already won. And many of you, you know God's calling on your life, but you're listening to the styrofoam giant of limitation that your enemy is speaking into your life and you are immobile and you are inactive just like the rest of the Israelite army and you've never gotten in the fight because you're listening to the wrong voice. The other styrofoam giant that we listen to is we listen to the giant of the past. Listen to the past. Listen to this. Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, 23, as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. And it says this twice. It says that Goliath was the Philistine champion, which means Goliath had a history, right? Goliath had a past. And they wanted to make sure all the Israelites knew about Goliath's past. And the enemy will always use the past to cripple your present and your future. He will use your past. And David's brothers did it that very day. David shows up and is like, I'll do it, right? Like all you other suckers are scared. I'll do it. And his brother goes, hey, 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 David, you cocky little sucker. Where'd you leave the sheep, huh? Remember, you're a shepherd, son, right? Boy, you're, who'd you leave the sheep with, huh? Did, did you deliver your cheese and bread and the snack time that dad sent you on? Daddy's boy, right? I mean, this is what's happening. And they're reminding David of who he was, and Goliath was reminding David and all the Israelites of who he was. They were using the past, and the enemy will always use the past to cripple your present and your future. Hear me, if your past is ever going to be your past, you've got to let it pass. If your past is ever going to be your past, you've got to let it pass. And just because that's who you were doesn't mean that's who you have to stay. And some of you, you're letting other people say, well, that's who you used to be. That's who you, people still expect expect me to behave like I did in college. I'm like, you know, that's 20 years ago. Really? You think I'm still that stupid, right? Like, are you for, people are going to want to trap you in the photograph that they have of you in their mind. But a photograph is a moment. It is not the story. And stop letting a moment dictate the rest of the story for your life. Your past has got to pass if it's going to be your past. And just because that's who you are doesn't mean that's who you have to be. Stop listening to the styrofoam giant of your past because it's crippling. The other styrofoam giant is this, is fear. Fear and anxiety. It says this, that they, they just took off trembling and running. In 1 Samuel 17, 11, it says, when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. These two, ah, 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 right? Nothing, nothing happened. But what if, what, if, what if I go down there? What if Goliath is as bad as he says he is? Like they didn't know who Goliath had fought. Well, I'm a champion. Well, it doesn't. Did you fight little kids? Like, did you fight a one-armed man? Because that's not near as impressive, right? Like, you know, I'm just going to shoot an arrow at you. What are you going to do then? Boom, I'm a champ, right? Like, but there was the what-if game. 
And so many of us, our life is bound by fear, by being anxious. We don't do because we don't know what will become of it. Because there's an unknown to it. And can I tell you, anytime you're following God, he doesn't tell you the end. He just gives you the first step. He, he does. He just gives you that first step. It says his, his word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. It doesn't say he, he shines a floodlight, right? That'd be great. That's not how God works. He's saying, if I gave you the floodlight, you wouldn't have to trust me. So let my word be a lamp unto your feet, just enough to take the next step. Stop listening to the styrofoam giant of fear and anxiety and not doing it because you're listening to the what if. Because, because here's the deal. When we listen to fear and we listen to anxiety and we listen to our past and we listen to limitations, man, those voices have power. And the problem with voices is that voices don't just stay voices, do they? Voices turn into thoughts. And thoughts don't just stay thoughts. Thoughts turn into action, or a lot of times they turn into inaction. But what I would tell you is this. The voice you decide to listen to is the voice that controls you. The voice that you decide to listen to is the voice that controls you. Right now, if, when, when I say, hey, Siri, it doesn't activate your phone. It shouldn't activate your phone anyways. Hey, Siri, right? It shouldn't like, well, yes, Lord Graves. I have mine call me Lord Graves. Um, but, and it's in an Irish accent because that's awesome. Um, but um, when, when the, your phone only recognizes one, one voice because it's only controlled by one voice. And what you and I have to understand that Siri has figured out is that only one voice matters. Only one, all these voices of the styrofoam giants don't matter. You've got to learn to listen to one voice. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we, here we, we, we become active. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I would say this too, man, you've got to start taking captive every voice. We take captive every voice and we make it obedient unto Christ. What voices are you letting in and what voices are you listening to? Because only one voice matters. But here's what has happened is somewhere along the way, we've forgotten who we are. And so we let all these voices define who we are. We, we meet with different couples, different parents that have been down the road further than us. It means they're older than us. Um, and as we meet with them, one of the parents said, hey, you've got to identify the hill you're going to die on. What's the hill you and Casey are going to die on? What are the things you won't budge on? And one of those big hills for me is that I will not budge. I will die on the hill of you're going to be respectful and you're going to talk to me like I'm not stupid right? And you, and you know what I'm talking about. You, my, my, I, I have great daughters, so, so this happens very rarely. But my kids can talk to, and your kids can talk to you in a way that seems respectful, but they're looking at you like you're the dumbest mammal that has ever been born on the planet. Like not even a human, you're just, and, and I, I got to tell you, when, when that happens, that, that is my button, that is my moment, and my eyes get huge like Large Marge off Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. I mean, I'm like, oh, 
oh no. And I'm a clapper when I get mad, right? Or when I get excited. And I can be, and I, they can just say something disrespectful or they say it in a certain way or give me a certain look. And I, I get up and this is my phrase. I go, oh, I know you are not talking to me like that. Like you can talk to your teacher like that. You shouldn't. No, you can't talk to them like that. Um, but we got a lot of teachers here. They're like, no, they can't. Um, your eyes are getting big at me right now. You can talk to your sister like that. There we go. You can, you may talk to your, but you are not going to talk to your mom and dad like that. And can I tell you why? Because I know who I am. I know my authority in their life. I know my role in their life. And I know my purpose in their life. My purpose is not to be their buddy. My purpose is not to go on the roller coaster roll when they say something, oh, what am I going to do? My teenage daughter is here. And can you imagine that ride, right? No, I know who I am. And some of us, we have allowed voices to talk to us and we've allowed them to dictate our present and our future because we've forgotten who we are. And you've never stood up and said, do you know who I, you are not going to talk to me like that. So if you've forgotten your role, if you've forgotten your purpose, if you've forgotten your identity, let me remind you, you are redeemed and forgiven. Ephesians 1, 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. You are a child of God, John 1, 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You are a friend of God, John 15, 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You are free, Galatians 5, 1. We have freedom now because Christ made us free. So stand strong strong. Do not change and go back into the slavery of the law. John 8, 3 to 36. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. You are new. Second Corinthians 5, 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. You are God's masterpiece. Ephesians 2, 10. For we are God's masterpiece. We, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. And you are powerful. Ephesians 1, 19 through 20. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in a place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Romans 8, 11, The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Know who you are. And when your voices want to speak, when the styrofoam giants want to talk, you stand up and you say, I know you are not talking to me like that because I am too powerful. I am too new. I am too great to listen to your voices to hold me back. You got to know, you got to know your role. You got to know your purpose and you got to know your identity. Because can I tell you, if not, this giant is going to wreak havoc in your life. And it's going to bring limits, and you're never going to live your life out the way God intended. And I would love to say that I don't let the styrofoam voices in my head. This one's me. This one's me. But can I tell you, what I've learned is just because this says I am doesn't mean that I am. It means I've got to make sure that only one voice matters.
and it's his. And the best way to say no to this is to say yes to his voice and to stay active and to go after what God is calling you into. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And I thank you and I praise you for what you are doing in our lives. And God, I, I, I pray that in this place today, God, God, I ask that in this place today, the Lord, we would know our role. We would know our identity. We'd know our purpose. Because, Lord, a lot of us, we have allowed the voice of the enemy to paralyze us. The voice of the enemy to stall us. So, God, let us understand we are who you say we are. We are what your word says we are. We are forgiven. We're a child of God. We're free. We're new. We're powerful. We're your masterpiece. God, we, we know who we are, even through emotions, even through good times, even through bad times. God, we know who we are based on your word. And so, Lord, let us take captive every thought and every voice. And let us make it obedient to Jesus Christ. Let us be selective about who we hear and what what voices truly matter. Because really, it's just your voice, Holy Spirit, that matters in our soul and in our life. And so, God, I pray that where there are some of us that we've just been dormant, God, we've just been inactive. God, I pray that we would wake up and we would chase after the life, after the dream that you have put in our spirit. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you say, Justin, I'm here and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. We want to give you a chance to change that. Maybe you're here and you just need to recommit your life to him. I'm going to count to three and all I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you out. We believe this, that God sees a hand and he changes a heart. And some of you, you've been putting this off way too long because you've been worried about what others would think. Man, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit because he wants to change you this morning. He wants to create you into who he's wanted you to be this whole time. And if that's you, when I count to three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. And you just raise your hand where you are. There's one and there's two. Is there anyone else? You raise your hand with these two individuals. There's another hand. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's I see you there. Is there anyone else? You join these four hands that are raised. Yeah, I see your hand. There's five. Is there anybody else? You join these five hands that are lifted today. And you say, Justin, that's me, man. There's a change that needs to happen. And I want to join these five individuals that have raised their hand before I go any further in service. Is there anyone else? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I have sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I ask that your grace and your mercy would enter my life. 
I turn away from the life that I was living and I grab hold of the life you have for me. I understand I am who your word says I am. And I am free and I am forgiven and I am new. And so Jesus, I confess you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Can we give these five individuals a raise their hand a huge round of applause, yeah. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.